This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Helix After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Helix After Show. Hey there, Helix fans. Uh, welcome to AfterBuzz TV for a very special... Oh, yeah. How, how nice is that? <laughs> Zach is up and dancing in front of the main camera. A very, very special edition of the Helix After Show here on AfterBuzz TV uh, with a very, very special guest. Mr. Mark Ganime is here All right. in the studio. Got it. I know, I got yeah. the name right and everything. I feel, uh, like, I feel like every fan listening to this is like, that's how you say it. Yeah. We, we honestly only did this podcast to teach you how to say his last yes. name. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You can roll out your music. <laughs> no, that's not the end. It shouldn't be the end. Uh, anyway, Matt Lieberman here. Uh, Stephen Lemieux's here. At the table for once. Uh, Liz Rishmaui's here. Hey, guys. Zach Wilson's here. Hey, guys. And yep. Mark is here. Mark, thank you so much for joining us, man. This thank is you. great. Thanks for having me. This is fun. I like this place. It's a good vibe. Right? Yes. We, we try to do it up nice. It's good. You, know, it's keep, good. you keep, do it up good. Maybe, yeah, we do it up good. <laughs> we do it up real good. It's, you know, <laughs> it's that? homey, but it's also slick. I don't know. It's a new voice. I'm working on it. It wasn't New York. What That's what it was. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. was not it's regional I, to I, anywhere. I wouldn't keep doing it. Okay. Done deal. Um, so the the season, how many how many episodes we have left? We have five episodes left. We just watched episode We're eight. We're about to watch episode yeah. Yeah, episode so. nine airs this week. Um, and I just want to congratulate you. It's been a great season so far. And also, you know, it takes it takes a, a serious person to have us do a major swing in how we feel about you over the course of a season. Because like we're starting to see, we're starting to see some stuff poke through. We didn't like Sergio at first, but now, yeah, I, I dare I say, potential fan favorite. All it takes is an ice pick to the stomach, and we love you. Yeah, right. And I no mean. shirt on for like an entire scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It doesn't entire hurt. I was so angry I'm just at you, drink and then right now. magically, I was just like, you know what? He's not. That, he can't be that bad of a guy. He, he just can't. Look yeah. at him. Yeah, with those abs, <laughs> he can't be bad. But no. it, it's a rare moment where you can kill one of our favorite characters, yes. and I've spent weeks defending you as a good guy. Oh, yeah. I still, to this day, like, the whole, like, 
justice for Doreen hashtag oh, yeah. on oh, Facebook. Man. Part of me is like, come on, guys, it's been like five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, let it go. Get on my side for once. Yeah. The funniest but. thing is, is like, and I have to give Zach credit for this, is like since the, the pilot where everything was still kind of like crazy everywhere when you were like distinctively probably a bad guy, like he's had the characters back I've since been on day your side. one. So give him credit because me yeah. and Matt were just like, no, man, he's yeah. bad. He's Evil. bad news. Yeah. So. Although you fared better than poor Meguin, <laughs> who I was calling Fat Dan for weeks, and I yeah. felt so bad about that. Did uh, that was that <laughs> yeah. was that was bad. Yeah, I know. But fault. you know, I, I, did you and he talk about it? Was he upset? No. Oh, okay, no. that's good. No, no that he wasn't. We upset. didn't talk no, about it. He's, <laughs> he's still crying. Definitely upset. <laughs> I just I, didn't talk. <laughs> if you listen, you can hear him crying. Late at night when the wolves yeah. are howling. No, you know what, <laughs> though? not wolves at all. That, the, the, the funny thing about that nickname is it's like the furthest thing from the truth. That dude is a wall. Oh, wow. Oh. He's, he's just he's jacked. Like, he's just like, he's just, he's built like, he's concrete. How tall Like, is the it? guy, he's 6'3", probably. Oh, Jesus. 6'3", at least, and he's, and he's like, 200 plus just mm-hmm. and he's just dude like well, he had to manhandle me and throw me against walls and we <laughs> beat the crap out of each other repeatedly and, and like I'm in real life mm-hmm. no <laughs> no chance no yeah that's all TV that's awesome. Yeah, this so, guy, this guy's not beating that guy. I can't wait for. No. It, for I really hope that he can join us in studio one day. So like Matt's like, hey, 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 man, please don't humble, humble pie. To the viewers at home, Matt is like five foot eight and a half. Yeah. Okay, and that's then like with it, that's on a good hair day. Really I'm five ten, and like yeah. I'm like this. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like, and that's on a good hair day because if you've seen Matt's hair, it's kind of like you know, it's a little. Why, Why is this suddenly? This is his it's, interview. It's nice. This, <laughs> is, this is the emasculating looks, Matt podcast. Anyway, yeah. basically, Dan just needs a new uniform. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know. Mo- we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. No, he just, needs, he just needs a shirtless scene like yours, and then we'll all realize, oh, wow, you know, he's jacked. You know, he'd gain a following from that, I think. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. No, Miguel's, Miguel's an awesome dude, and it's just like, he's. it was It was a pleasure to work with. Because we spent a lot of time working together. Like, yeah. our, a lot yeah. of our scenes were together, and we're just, we just got along really well. From the first day, we went and had drinks together before mm-hmm. before we even started shooting, and we just kind of chatted Back about Back when things. you guys were doing the pilot? Um, yeah, it was not really. A, I guess it wasn't really a pilot because it was straight to series. Oh it was wow! Episode one. Mm-hmm. Before before that, after the major, we had a big cast dinner with the network and studio and the production team, and, that, and we we just had a couple of drinks afterwards uh, together, one on one, and just talking about the experience of coming together for the show. And we just we we sort of had our each other's backs from day one, you know, as far as support system and. Because it's you know it's a it's a giant undertaking to come on and build this character. You get thrown into this whole series, and there's all sorts of people and crew and new directors and people you don't know. And it's it's nice to have like a like a like a really tight uh, ensemble cast. Absolutely. So I want to ask you when you're playing a character that's so like on the verge of morally dark or light, like you can't tell. And I feel like the directors wanted you that. Of course, they wanted you that way because everyone always wants to guess 
which side you're on, mm-hmm. you have to be so subtle with like every movement you make that could give anything away. Whether you're whether you're a good guy, whether you're a bad guy, and you notice it. They do a lot of they do a lot of close up facial scenes where you like just raise an eyebrow, you just kind of smirk at things like that. Mm-hmm. And the scene with Doreen before you killed her, basically, mm. um, where that you cried. A- that was intense because you're like, oh, this is the last scene I'm having with this woman right here. I'm mm-hmm. sure that was kind of emotional. That was yeah. There was only a couple of days I think after that that I worked with her. Yeah. yeah. Well, those and those were just pickups. I'm assuming. Right? There was yeah. It was not. It was not the meat of the stuff that we filmed after that. So it was very yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what she said too when we were having the phone conversation. I asked if there was like bloopers, and she's like, "No, it was kind of sad actually, because it was like the last time they'd be like really working yeah. together on that scene." So, so, so my question is, did you go into that character with that in your mind? Like when you auditioned, did you know it was going to be a very subtle character like that, or did you do? To, do it a different way and the directors kind of pushed you in the more like hey you need to be lots very subtle with your emotions no you know, when we got the I think every character on the show had the same same situation we got a breakdown for the audition you got a breakdown and a small backstory paragraph of your character um, and then the sides and that's it no full scripts no nothing and then you did your audition and then when I went for the callback like the the, the, the screen test on via Skype right the even the breakdown had changed a bit. So they were sort of, after they kind of got an idea of who they wanted to cast, they were like, okay, well, let's make him more like this or her like this. And So they were playing with that as we went. And when we, when we got the actual scripts, then it all kind of unfolded and we could do our work. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, until then it was like we had to keep it all under wraps and, and, and just figure it out. But for my character, um, I, uh, I was building something off of a character that I had already started to build for another show. Mm-hmm. And this was just an opportunity for me to go further and darker and everything like that. And it was, it was, um, I took the backstory that I had, did my work on the first episode, and the first director would kind of give me some guidance and show, yeah. show me how to do that. But the thing, the thing that was difficult for my character was when you have a character that's playing two sides in a show, that the audience has to know that he's possibly like doing something else, double, like a agent. double, double agent. There's got to be a bit of tell. Mm-hmm. For the audience to go, oh, what was that look? Because if if I was Mark Ganime playing character that was hiding something in real life, I would just be like, cool. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, I wouldn't go like that. <laughs> yeah. There's no camera focusing on me and getting one like one like oh crap look, you know. So you have to. There's a balance of how much you show and how much you keep the audience going. Okay, what was that? Wait a second, I just saw that, and was that related to his backstory or what? You know, that was kind of tricky. Did yeah. they do pickups or so? Can you just like? Give us a smirk real quick, and we'll. we'll... Um, Can you just shed one tear? Yeah, the, the single tear. <laughs> just yeah. one tear. Yeah, I think I think for for most of us, um, myself, I I had already from what I was doing, there wasn't a lot of direction on that. Sometimes they would want me to maybe play him a little cockier. Yeah. Or pl- or downplay it, or make him more aggressive. There wasn't a lot of like give him, give more of a reveal or anything like those kind of tweaks. Mm-hmm. So it was just it was just a little bit more of the behavior as opposed to what I'm showing the audience. I mean, we you had to kind of have that on lock. I think by the time we were filming, you had an understanding of of what you were showing for that episode or for that scene. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. Now uh, we we still don't know exactly who Sergio has been working for. When we first meet him, he's supposed to be you know an army liaison. On, um, and now we see his his relationship with Constance Sutton. Mm-hmm. He's been reporting back to the Alaria Corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is there is there something deeper than that, or can we say he is he was there representing Alaria and their interests? Yeah, I mean, you see in the first episode, I believe, at the end of the first episode, when he has the little the in, 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 the awkward, in the awkward window with, with, <laughs> with Hatake, where I say, "I'm here to clean up your mess," and there's all this stuff, and the people yeah. we work for aren't happy, and you need to provide the the virus and the cure that occurs in I think episode five or whatever, and I confront him in his office. Um, I just lost my train of thought here. That's all right. Uh, uh, the, the the question was, can we confirm that he's working for oh, Alaria? Yeah. Um, at this point, he it's pretty obvious that he was working for them. Yeah. But now it's what is he doing with that information? How does he feel about the information he's gained? Mm-hmm. Does Sergio now, is he still all about just, just deliver the product and get his money and, and bounce out of there? Right. Yeah. Or is he realizing what he's doing? Or is he realizing what he's what he got himself into, is it much bigger and a little scarier than he thought? The grand scale is intimidating to what you're doing, especially when we come to the new information of, hey, we're going to thin out the human race and kind of rule them. And then is this cleaning up the mess? I'm assuming that that kind of means cleaning up the mess that Hitaki made from the Willis uh, hypothesis, hypothesis, which means that that might have been cleaning up the mess from the children or cleaning up the mess from anything like that. So I'm not sure... I feel like it was the outbreak. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the Willis hypothesis, I think that stuff was, was separate. That's not really under my scope of knowledge okay. as the right. character. Uh, for me, it was discovering when Anana started talking about these missing children, okay. I started putting it together, and I know who Hatake is, and I know what he's capable of, and I know the, the scope of work that he will operate under, and it's it's not always the nicest stuff. And yeah. I, and so I just I, I started putting it together, and I thought, okay, well, if anyone's going to do this stuff, it's going to be Hitake, so there's got to be something to it if all these people are going missing. Right. You I know? felt like Sergio has been walking this balance of, he seems to know a lot, but nothing at the same time. He can, like, will you bounce back? Because he's always pretending he doesn't know anything, and then, mm-hmm. but he has a huge amount of knowledge, and I'm curious as an actor, like, how much do they give you in terms of ahead of time, of like, yeah, did Cam ever, did Cameron ever take you aside and be like, "Listen, this is coming up," or "This is what this means," or something? Yeah, like that? I mean, I, I was, I, I stayed pretty good as far as my the work that I put in and read and reading the scripts fully um, and understanding the whole story arc and where my character was as far as that goes. Cameron and I had conversations about you know maybe moments here and there, but he was Sergio. Sergio is very smart person but more from the military side not and from the black ops side and from the like a very smart criminal side of things right. not he's not a scientist he um, he knows he's an engineer he must have engineer background to be doing where, where he to get into the place that he's been yeah. and and to go on some of the missions he's gone on undercover but he is not purebred scientist and doesn't understand just when Hatake says you, you don't have the intellectual capacity to to judge my work mm-hmm. that's very true yeah. I couldn't look into a microscope and know what the fuck I'm looking at <laughs> with the ziz <laughs> with the ziz I'm looking at you know um, I wouldn't understand that yeah. as, as, as Sergio right. okay because I think that's where I think that's where some of the confusion was was when when you kill Doreen it's after she discovers something and explains it to you, and that's kind of so sciencey that we assume that you know a little bit more than you let on about the science aspect of it. And that's the only reason I think we were kind of assuming that you knew more of the science. Well, it's just like it's just like a, like a commander in the army will understand a tactic. He'll understand how it works. He doesn't know every single detail, but when there's something put together, enough puzzle pieces are put together, I knew that the information that was being gathered by Doreen, it was, A, it helped me, and mm-hmm. it was my next step. 
B, I couldn't leave her with this information to go back to Alan or go to her, go to Hero or go to anybody else or go to the pub, go to the public with it, just like I did that other scientist in the snow. It was a situation that was unfortunately out of my hands at that point. Like I needed to <laughs> out of your hands. Under Listen, a shelf. guys, it just it had to happen. I mean, at that point, <laughs> yeah, it's nothing I can do. <laughs> and can I say for the fans out there? <laughs> I really like Catherine Lemieux. I really Sergio really liked that Doreen. That's so French. Yeah. I love it. I speak Francais as well. I can't say it like that. I can't do French accents. So like when he, the way he said her name, we yeah. never said her Catherine, name. Like that. Oh, Catherine. Catherine Lemieux. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for the Americans and the, and the English speaking uh, fans out there, no, I um, that that scene was very very difficult for me to to film. Um, were, were you afraid of fan uh, backlash? No, not then. No, I no. <laughs> it was then. it was really just it was really just. Now I'm now I'm afraid. <laughs> I changed my address. I, no, I, I, I was Rick just through the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly through the awkward window. I sort of hide from fans. <laughs> but no, it was a situation where I you know, um, Catherine was was new to film and television, so we kind of worked together closely on the show for yeah. the first few episodes and um, we helped each other a lot and, and I was there for her when she needed stuff because I have a bit more experience in, in film and TV than she did. She's a major theater pro and so I uh, we had a connection and, and it showed through through the film as well, through the television scenes as well and that was true and then when I had to do this scene it was not me going, okay, I need to be all actory. I was, it was like this is a moment, and I'm just going to embrace it, and we'll see what it looks like, if, if oh. it worked, or if it meant, if it was supposed to come across that way. And then people were judging it, whether, you know, why is he crying? Was it, like, was it, is it all BS? Does he love her? Is it this? Is it that? And it's up to them to decide what... what Absolutely. I, I had something in my mind as to what the scene, the scene and the, and the moment meant to me for before I killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody else has their own their own take on it. To be honest, as somebody who was very, you know, I, w- I was understandably very upset at the whole, you know, loss of Doreen and everything, but, like, even you, I guess you can kind of tell the what you guys had, though, because I feel like that's why I think I was so surprised when Sergio had killed Doreen because, like, I honestly thought there was some sort of like love thing or like what's going on because you guys had this. You can you can it's sense a great when there's chemistry. Chemi- yeah, you can sense yeah. when there's really good chemistry between people, and like I feel like that really came through, and that's awesome that mm-hmm. you had that with her. And hi, cat. And yeah, so that, that must have really sucked, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not. Yeah, it was not. It was not fun, and I mean. You know, it was it was the 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 energy around set when she when she was there was changing. You know, mm-hmm. like she she brought a lot of life and a lot of humor to the set, and so that was great. Yeah. You know, and then it just it moved on eventually to different things and different people coming to the show, different guest stars and that. But mm-hmm. uh, no, it was really it was really special to do that scene, and it was my first really major scene on the show. And yeah, I just I wanted to give it respect. You know, great. Well, You're of course, like, now we know you're kind of a nice guy because you don't. I mean. Kind of. Kind of a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, you he's don't, still you, kind of a prick. He, he feels bad that these yeah. kids got yeah. kidnapped. He does. I mean, he's not heartless. Like, and you don't want to kill a Nana. Like, no. yeah. You kind of wanted to get the scissors so you could get out of the situation in the beginning, but like, I don't think anyone really thinks at this point that you would have immediately killed her. Mm-hmm. Like, You're not sadistic. Is yeah. what we're I mean, to we're yeah. not, I'm not even, I don't even know what Bioceros would have done had he gotten the scissors right then because yeah. that was brand new he attacked her he punched her he scared the heck out of her with that scary mask mm-hmm. <laughs> scary masks are scary scary masks are always scary what is yeah. your ship name for you and Anana? Um, <laughs> yeah. Anana Saros? well it wasn't even a ship name it was it was a name from set 
um, our, our, our third AD would call us to set and she would say balls and banana. Because <laughs> <laughs> by, Aceros, B-A-L-L-E, by in, in Spanish or, or in Portuguese, but in French, B-A-L-L-E is bal, like a ball. Right. That's a ball, plur- like a, you know. Yeah. And so and she's banana. like basically balls and banana because we're shooting in Montreal. Great. So. Hashtagging oh, that amazing. for the rest of the week. Balls you know and banana. Right? Yeah. Balls and nanners. So- yeah. I gotta ask, how far, like, I know that basically everybody who's come into studio or been on interview just said that um, everything is basically on a need-to-know basis. Mm-hmm. How far in advance do you know, like, when you're going over a script and stuff, do you know what's going to happen? Like, I mean, can you fairly tell us if we're gonna find out more to what Sergio's character is doing in the next episode without giving too much away? Oh, yeah. Is that like, okay, cool. You'll see stuff. All right. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Good. There will, there will be things and, things, things and moments happen. on screen. and There'll be yeah. approximately 52 yeah. minutes of stuff. Yeah. Events occurring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, there is defi- there's definitely going to be an advancement in, okay. in my character's yeah. in my character's arc. So you guys wrapped shooting back in December, Yeah, right? December 9th. December yeah. 9th. Um, are you happy with how, how the season ends? Did you see it coming? Uh, the, as far as the... Yeah, the, the finale. Yeah, um... I didn't see it coming. Okay. No. Uh, yeah. No. Okay. Um, because like, like what I love, and I'm, and I'm going to say that with a little asterisk beside my statement of not seeing it coming, because there were things that were out of my control for that last part. Sure. And I was I was left in in the dark on purpose and not on purpose for certain things, and it was that's it was interesting, nerve wracking. And wait, so there was information that other members of the cast got that you did not cast uh, the members of the production Ooh. that they were doing and things, and, and then <laughs> I was like flipping through the script, and then it was this, and then it was emails, and I was like, oh, what are, what's yeah. happening? How is this going to End, what's going on? Yeah. Who's there? Who's not? So were like, they cho- all these things. Were they chopping out pages or like pieces of the script? Like you don't get to know. They were just. Um, they were just. Yeah. There. There. There was. There was some. There was some. I don't know if it was intentional misleading, but it was fun. <laughs> Great. Yeah. What, what I honestly, one of my favorite things about the show is what it appeared to be when we first started watching in the pilot. It's almost not the same show that we're watching right now. We never could have imagined that it would have gone to such an interesting place with potentially this whole other race of people that are trying to wipe out the planet. Like, we thought it was, you know, okay, we've got this, uh, this you know, mysterious doctor who's trying to play God and it went bad on him. We didn't expect this grander vision. Mm-hmm. And I honestly have no idea what how we're supposed to end this season or where it could possibly go. Well, and that's what I've been talking about when I do other interviews and other, yeah. and other um, people are chatting and asking me about the show. The thing with this show is that it's not like anything else. Right. It's not... People are talking about zombies off the top. The people that didn't even watch it and would go on the boards and, oh, it's zombies. Oh, it's virus. It's it's 28 Days Later. It's right. this. It's... It's, it's Resident know, Evil. It's all Resident... Right. It's Umbrella it's Corps. It's all yeah. this. You know? And I just... Like, I love it because I can just sit there with a grin and go, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> just watch. Because it's, it's a premise that doesn't appear to be sustainable. You know, you've, uh, we're doing 13 episodes of this. Each one is another day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have so many people dying right off the top. It's like, well, this virus is going to wipe everyone out by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet it's supposed to be a full series. I'm like, how do you sustain this over, you know, five, six, seven years? And I'm honestly really excited to see how they do it. Yeah. It's a high wire act. When we sat down for the per- for the first episode after we just seen the pilot, I turned to Max. I was like, "Is this a miniseries? Did I not get the memo? Because it did have that sort of feel. It was so so bottled. 
in this base that we couldn't present. But now it's, it's a huge world, especially well, when Solaria came into the picture. Exactly. That's the whole. That was. I think that was the point of, of setting it in the Arctic is, is the containment factor. And yeah. Each each season is going to be different different styles of containment. Whether it's 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 going to be in one area, it's going to be in another area some other time. So that's that's what they're working with right now, and they're trying to we're, we're figuring out and like how it's going to go. And when Neil was here, I, was, I had a question for you. Oh yeah. And Neil didn't he tell me that didn't he tell you that he that he killed me in in the show? What? Yeah, is that what happened? No, that's not oh, what he said, said at all. He said that. Well, he said that for originally he tried to try out for your part. Oh, because he told me we had dinner the other day, and he oh, said, yeah. "Yeah, he said, yeah, I told him that I killed you on the show." <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like as a joke. I think he might have mentioned that. In I know because I was going to come in and go, it. "No, actually, I killed him." Look here, I have a, I have a page from the script. <laughs> oh scene, man, that, scene forty-two, that episode thirteen. I, I it, right there. It's a, oh, but I and then you would have been sued. <laughs> yeah, no. I, <laughs> I actually, I actually that that gave me an idea for a prediction. I got to throw it out there because, of course, we always have them come to us like middle of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so this is... I have two kind of questions that go along with it, and I want to just see your reaction to the prediction itself. Okay. So imagine... See if he gives any Sergio uh, giveaways. Yeah, you well, need a little tell. Well, exactly. When you said... Syringe. Yeah, yeah, when you said production <laughs> surprised you, all I can imagine is you alone in a building at the, end of the, in the, at the end of the show, and then just suddenly vectors swarm you, and you had no knowledge of them about to swarm you. Like, that's what I imagine. Um, but no, what I just thought about... You say it's not none of these things. Like I can't help but think this has to do with genetics. This has to do with like everything that is a virus and things like that on a genetic level. I feel like the silver eyes are not an evolution. There are ancestors. If you look at it one way, they're the first human beings, and the curse is humanity. It's or the the virus is humanity itself devolving them, and they're hmm. trying to find a cure for the devolution. Well, you but just blew like, my mind. That's that's, that's like. <laughs> right, mind that blow. Very interesting. Um, that's that's very intelligent, and that's a very good thought. Uh, I'm not going to say if it's right or wrong. Oh man! What about, like, but it's it's very, it's it's really well thought out. Right. And another one is that uh, I- I- the Silver Eyes, right? Mm-hmm. They're all just ancestors of Riddick. <laughs> it's, uh, I hope not. <laughs> Vin Diesel makes an appearance. I love the movies. Yeah. I love the movies. And Neil Napier was actually on Riddick. It was, oh, yeah. it was yeah. in Riddick, yeah. and I I loved it. But I I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> um, it does. It does have a good like because they're in the Arctic. We get that like sort of Encino Man frozen person, maybe they came back from who knows yeah, what discovery. Yeah, wheezing the juice. Wheezing yeah. the juice. Was that like the dude from Polly Shore when he's yeah. like, wheezing the juice, yeah. right? I don't know. When you did this, I just thought... That's what he did. He did yeah. the wheezing the juice. Well, then you look at them kidnapping kids, and it's like, oh, well, let's get let's get some young test samples. Yeah. Let's kidnap some kids. Well, that's, I mean, that's what they were. You know what? Let's let's go after... Let's go out after this interview and just go kidnap some kids. Let's not do that. I'm going to not... Yeah. But you can. You totally can, and we will. After this Buzz. will be a nice bit of evidence. I have After a question. TV does not wait, wait, can, kidnapping. Yeah. Since there was like a middle, you said this is kind of like the midpoint of the interview. Can you pass me that blue bag, please? Yeah. I need oh. to. Is I, it a monkey? We, we really need to get the ziz flowing in here. Oh, I think. oh. no. So Why I got some candy because I figure we're all a bunch of nerds that like a lot of TV, and what's the best thing to do when you're talking about TV and watching TV is eat candy. Snack on some sugar. So oh, like, man. So get in there. There's all gonna... sorts of stuff. Um, so I actually I have a question. And, oh my god, uh, he got Coke bottles, guys. I did. So without, <laughs> I don't. We don't need to know what what they are or what they're called. But can you tell us whether or not we find out what? Either what the silver eyes are, or what they are actually called by the end of the season—the name of whatever they are. Do we find that out before season's end? 
Um. <laughs> that, was, that was so well played. We should just spread it. The candy yeah. bag across the desk, so. spilling it into every crevice <laughs> of our beautiful, beautiful studio. Steven, toss me some you, candy. You've ruined things. There you go. There's literally, <laughs> literally candy being, being launched here. I hope you understand. Helped the situation in. is just yeah. rapidly devolving. In I'm here. sorry. I, I really created this escalation. Okay. You know, um, progress. Yes. Right. I think this yes. is a strategy. Do you want place. water? Do you want water? Yeah. Marissa's in the awkward window observing. Putting yeah. <laughs> 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 candy in the windows in the way. Um, do we find out about the name of the yeah, silver-eyed what they are fellows by and ladies? The end of the season. You will find out. Some stuff by the end of the season. Okay, that's I a, like stuff. That's a, that's a fine answer. Yeah. Do yeah. they set it up well for a season two? Oh crap! Yeah, he's doing. That's a nice. That's a nice. That's a nice. Uh, push in, push in on yeah. this. To all those listening who can't mm. see, he had this really wide smirk, and his eyes twinkled a little bit, and his eyebrows did that like eyebrow waggy thingy. Um, yeah. I feel like my adjectives. Raising and lowering. I feel wagging. Like, like, like a. They were yeah. wagging. They were very. I need more candy. Wagging would be like the eyebrows were actually going like this, and that'd be a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a little strange. I mean, we have the potential, just um, as much, and I love the cast that we have, but the, the the potential that it could be a sort of series where we completely leave these people and location and drop into the, some other part of the world. And I don't want to lose who we are dealing with right now, but right. that's a huge potential for. We're going to leave Antarctica yeah. and go to Canada. What? <laughs> no, I mean, dude, eh? Yeah. On don't site you know? Don't you know? No, dude, boot it. We're, we're, gonna... we're already there, eh? <laughs> Roll it's up the not rim that to far. win. Well, I mean, you did say that every season would f- uh, have an isolation of a different type. I, I, that's what they're speculating. That's yeah. I don't know. Nothing's nothing set as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, as far as the whole American Horror Story kind of thing, where every right. season is a different cast, um, I don't know if that's their plan. Um, I, I, you know, I'd like to do a lot more of this show. Right. It's fun, and you know, everyone is 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 doing great work. Um, but this is the thing. This is the era of the WTF television, right? You watch mm-hmm. the show, something happens that you did not expect. Major characters get killed off of television shows, and mm-hmm. and it's. You know, we we do have to keep people interested now. You know, Breaking a lot, bad changed the in game. a lot of different ways. You yeah. know, but that is literally how sci-fi is marketing this show. WTF is happening on Helix. It yeah. pops up on every episode. <laughs> exactly, and I love yeah. it. I love it. I was I had a question before, and then Candy was introduced, and my mind just went in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep staring at you guys. All right, well okay. let's let's talk about a little bit of the stuff you told <laughs> us before the show because mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting, but we kind of jumped the gun talking about it because. Mm-hmm. Um. So filming in the Arctic scenes. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the behind the scenes of that, and how it was like, what the temperature was like, and how they do, oh, yeah. how they film oh, yeah. the snowy scenes, the outdoors. Is it is it all in studio, or is it part practical, part in studio? Well, we had, I mean, we started shooting in July, right. and in Montreal, July, it's like 85, 90 degrees in the summer. Ew. So it's you're not going to get outdoor yeah. uh, snow, real snow anyway. Um, what we did was we built this this large green screen room for the Arctic, and it was normal temperature. It was, so in the studio, it'd be you know 90 degrees wearing winter coats and blowing fake snow and the, and, and the big five foot six foot wind uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wind cannons and yeah it was it was it was an experience I spent a lot of time in the snow for my for my character he was he was in the Arctic outside a lot I got the the brunt of, of some of that fun experience <laughs> of all the fake snow up the mm-hmm. nose and in the mouth. Now, and, is it uh, is it that like salt based? Uh, I, I'm trying to remember cornstarch, corn cornstarch, and and cornstarch in the air, and then on the ground it would be a mixture of paper and uh, paper and salt. Okay. Yeah. 
So it's fun. separate. The stuff that goes through the air is not the same stuff that's on the ground. Mm. Right. So you guys for, had a lot. I mean, just there was basically just one set for the entire thing, or like because we had you're two, in one had, base. Yeah, we had two. Uh, we had two sound stages for the uh, for Hatake's office, for the hallways, for the quarters of the scientists, and then another totally different building in another totally different area of the city. About actually an hour outside of Montreal was the all the underground stuff, the really dark, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where the freezer was, where we called it, or the fridge where we filmed the scenes. Because after after the first episode, we changed into this room that was minus ten degrees, um, and then we got to film in real cold because they wanted the breath, you know, mm-hmm. you want to get the, yeah. the, the cold weather effect and. So that's what we did in, in the fridge. What so was they your... did they. I'm sorry. Did they actually have? So they're in a big fridge, and they actually just have all the cornstarch stuff flying through the air, and then they have the salt and the paper on the floor, mm-hmm. and you're just laying there with no jacket on in negative ten degrees. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a it good was day. literally like one of these like thin t-shirts, and you're, you're lying there for fun, and and, um, and everybody's everyone's in literally like like snowmobile suits mm-hmm. and, and skiing, <laughs> full on snow pants and, and goggles and gloves and everything. And I'm like, Doo-doo. so so how do they how do they tell you they're gonna do that? Do they walk up and be like, hey? You ever try method acting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to throw you in some really cold places. Yeah, no, they, uh, I was aware of what the situation was going to be. And then, you know, you you just kind of go out, they set up some camera shots, and you freeze your butt off, and you just you lie there and do your work. And, Great. And you... um, do you have a, a favorite episode that you shot, whether just, like, because you had the best time shooting it or because you just love what happens? Hands down, my favorite episode would have st- still... It's still uh, episode four with Doreen. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that that meant a lot to my character. It was a major transition in his character. Yeah. It revealed a lot to the audience. Um, the scene with her was, was really well well laid out for us um, and well directed. And um, so for me, that was that was a big thing, that... that the killing Doreen scene and the scenes before that when I was talking about being part of the part of the Pentagon and all that there was just some really nice stuff that we got to do um I do I did love all, all the action stuff that I get to do in, in some of the further episodes coming up so you'll see um mm-hmm. there's some there's some really cool stuff through, peppered throughout this whole season that I liked Great. but can, but definitely Doreen can stuff. you tell us if any of the things that you told Doreen of like you know, basically, you you told her in this little bit. I can't remember word for word, but it was like I work for the Pentagon and da 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 da. Was any of that stemmed from the truth of some sort? Like, was he a double agent for both the government and um, Alaria? Alaria, or, um, or is this stuff we're going to find out really soon? You should probably just keep watching. Uh, yeah, well, just enjoy yes. the show, enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah. um, How did the audition <laughs> process go? Yeah. Uh, the audition was uh, the audition was it was interesting. It was a little different for this. Um, it was a very. Uh, it started out. It was a self tape because I was in Vancouver. Uh, Kira as well lives in Vancouver, yeah. and so we were both out there. And we taped and we sent them to Montreal. Uh, and then we got when, once that once I heard that the network uh, liked me for this role and they wanted to see another audition, I had to go and do a Skype a Skype audition callback sort of screen test for the director and producers, and. Uh, and then after that, even, they were still not sure if this guy... Because I had longer hair. It was maybe <laughs> sort of a little bit longer than yours hair. And I had the full beard like I have now. And so they were kind of like, mm, we don't know about this guy as Mr. <laughs> Military, right? right? So I had to go out and get some photos done and get my hair shorter. And do some. there were some hoops that I had to jump through to get, of course. To get the part. And then it was a month and a half from the first tape to booking the role. So it was a lot of, you know... 
hearing, oh yeah, yeah, you're 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 one of the favorites. You're this. You're you're in line. There's right. other people ahead of you now. There's this. It's just like the push and pull and right the, and like the emotional you know, roller coaster of because ultimately, what does any of that mean? It's not a confirmation. Like you're just on the edge of your seat, just praying, hoping and praying. And it doesn't. And, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And there's. There could be one person weighing in at the end that that tips the scale in your favor or away from you, mm-hmm. and it was just you know, and the opportunity was so great and so fun and just the op- the idea of working with Ron like a Ron Moore show and 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 sci-fi and I'm like I'm a, I'm a total geek and I love this stuff and and then the fact that it was straight to series it was not a pilot where you would do the one show and go. Yeah. Yeah. Do, we, do we get a full season? <laughs> yeah. This is 13 episodes and working my butt off in, in, in a city that I love. And, you know, it was it, just the whole the whole experience was so mind-boggling. And Do you remember crazy. the day they told you you got it? Oh, yeah. Where were you? I, I'll never forget that day. Really? No, no, not at all. What? It was, um, this is my, this is, this is my first, this is my first break. Yeah. And I, I have to respect it and pay, pay the dues there for that. I'm nervous talking about it. I'm playing with this twist tie. Um, <laughs> He's all cute, like, well, I'm so yeah. happy when they yeah, called. Cut, and then I'm slitting toes. Which is <laughs> um, when, I, when I got the, uh, on the day that they were rolling tapes to make the final decisions, you submit your test deals. So everybody, if us three were in the running for the, for the show, you yeah. know, we submit our deals, how much we're going to make, all the contracts, everything like that. And then they, once they're all signed, then they choose. Mm. And so I remember I submitted my, my thing, and I, I think I wrote on Facebook, I'm all in. Yeah. Like, that was it. Like, you just, like, sit and wait, submit and wait. And I was just, like, sitting with my agent. And I'm like, I got to get the F out of here. I got to go. I can't I can't mm-hmm. sit here and wait. And I know they were rolling tapes that day. And I was freaking out. And so I went to co- I went to have coffee with a friend of mine, a local uh, from, from Vancouver. She's a producer mm-hmm. from L.A. and Vancouver. And we were just chatting and just talking about anything, relationships, life, anything we could do to not, not keep talk my mind about on Helix. This. Yeah. And I get a phone call from my manager, Alex. Uh, Lovely British fellow who now I know likes to play tricks. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am, like just losing my mind. Phone call comes through, and it's it's them, and it's it's a conference call with both my managers here and my agent in Vancouver, and I'm like, okay, hello. And then it's like, and he's like, hi, Mark. This is Alex calling from Elevate. Um, <laughs> we have a problem with your submission for Helix, and I was like, my heart just went. Whoop. In my throat, oh, I'm like, God. what do you mean, problem? And he's like, um, Michelle, do you want to tell him? Because I've been with Michelle for mm-hmm. three years at this point, and we're really tight. And she's just like, yeah, I'm sorry, honey, but you got to move to Montreal and have a show. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Bam, I'm on my knees in a coffee yeah. shop, and I'm like crying. And just like, Aww. it was, it was, it was just, you know, I've been working at this for a decade. And yeah. it was just the, just the opportunity. Mm hmm. And it was just so great, and it was just so overwhelming. And you know, you work with people that you, you see every day that are doing such great things in, in this industry. Like that are Yuki and yeah, you know, I mean, God. Well, <laughs> just the opportunity to get to work with those guys. But even people that I worked with and auditioned with, and you'd see these people in the rooms that had their own shows and doing all these things, and you're just like, "Is it possible? Can you actually get that? Is it, is that like, is this like a lottery, or does this actually happen to people? You mm-hmm. know?" And it was just really cool to to get that that call. Yeah, you know, that well, something you've worked so hard for could actually. Well, people tell people tell you when you move to LA, like it usually takes you about ten years. If you're hard at it, it takes you about ten years to to make a break. Mm-hmm. Um, what really was your inspiration to jump into acting in the first place, and what kept you going throughout all these years, knowing that it's going to happen? What motivated you to keep going at it? 
Um, I got in, I just did some background randomly on a Juliet Lewis uh, movie and TV movie thing. And then I, I had, uh, six years prior to that, I had signed up to do background for Kevin Costner's Open Range with Duval and Costner mm-hmm. shot in Calgary. I was living in Calgary at the time. And I thought, oh, this would be fun. I'm studying real estate and finance and university, <laughs> and I, was, I had my license in real estate. And I was like, oh, this would just be fun to do a movie. Me too. Don't do them in the background, right? <laughs> and so they take my measurements, my photo, and my, my phone number, and then they're like, okay, we'll call you. They didn't call me. So mm-hmm. I didn't do anything on that movie. I didn't care. I was just, it was just a yeah. fun thing. It was a joke, right? Six years later, I get a call out of the blue. Someone's like, hi, is this Mark? I'm like, yeah. They're like, hi, do you remember doing this thing for background? I was like, yeah, totally. They're like, well, do you still look the same? I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I mean, uh, I did, did get, get a prosthetic horn. Right? I'm right. like, I have three eyes now. And yeah. no, but I was like, no, I'm, I'm six years older and I can grow a better beard. But effectively, <laughs> yeah, I'm the same guy. Um, they said, okay, well, we need you to do this. Uh, play this Afghani villager in this background on this Juliet Lewis movie and I'm like what? <laughs> and at this point I'm working for myself. I was doing real estate. I had my own schedule. I was like okay let's go. So I show up on set and they built this huge bombed out Afghani village in the middle of Calgary in this in this business park. Oh, wow. In this commercial business park and I was yeah. like this is amazing. What is this? <laughs> and so I started asking an actress on set and I was like hey like, how do you, I'm doing my thing. I'm like in the background banging on a pot and pan in the corner as these cars are going by and I'm riding a moped in a scene just zipping past camera. That was all I did. And I was asking this one actress, I'm like, how do I get into this? She said, go study and, you know, get an agent and this and that. I'm like, cool. The next day I showed up at the actor studio in town in Calgary and I was like, teach me. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And then 10 years later, here I am, you know, and what kept me going, I guess you asked as well, was just, well, to be honest, there was a couple of points where I was this close to, to quitting. Mm-hmm. And I had an opportunity to go back to Montreal and work in real estate, and and I had literally let go of my apartment and was. I said to my I said to my friends, I said, okay, I'm finishing this web series that we're doing, and then I'm gone. And my agent was, I'm like, don't send me out for stuff. I'm I'm kind of stepping away for a while. Yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah, sure. She sent me out anyway. <laughs> I had three auditions. I booked all three, and all of a sudden I started booking lots of stuff and right. it kind of went and you've done you've done a lot of shows you did you've done mm-hmm. Arrow you did Emily Owens MD you did Supernatural yeah Smallville and then I did mm-hmm. a, a mini series where I had uh, you know supporting lead in and, and then it was so all of a sudden I just sort of thought okay I took that six year difference and this random phone call I took that to heart and I did something with it mm-hmm. like I was like okay if someone's going to call me out of the blue there's got to be a meaning to that yeah. and I ran with that and then I moved to Vancouver and I pursued it fully so I thought okay if that's a sign and I got somewhere, totally new chapter in my life. I thought, okay, I'm going to take this chance and see what happens with that. And something sending stick you a around. message. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just, and I couldn't imagine getting up in the mornings and not doing what I do now. Like it's what gets you out of bed. You know, mm-hmm. the next audition, the next project, what character am I building? The next day on set, you know, walking to, you know, you know that, you know that meme on the internet with Leonardo DiCaprio, hate is going to hate. Yeah. Walking? <laughs> that was me on my first month of the show going, getting in my soldier gear and walking from my trailer to set. And mm-hmm. I was like, sun is shining. <laughs> and I'm like, hate is going to hate. You know, like I felt like that walk was in my, that total motivation mm-hmm. was in my step. And that to me is just like, this is what I love. And this is, you know, where I feel like I belong and hopefully I can continue for many years, you know. Have you ever looked for the guy who called you out of the blue to be like, dude? You know what? I haven't. It's yeah. it's it was a it was a background casting agency in Calgary and I honestly I can't even remember the name of it hmm. because it was just it was not something I was doing and I didn't keep records of it. 
it was just like a go and I spent a few hours on set. But I could find out, and it's something that I should probably... You should yeah. find out, yeah. buy that guy a dinner. Yeah. Buy him yeah. a nice dinner, at least a gift basket. Nice steak dinner and right? never call you again. But yeah. six, six years. Anchorman, nobody? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I got you. Okay, good. Six years, and six years, no calls, and then randomly out of... That just... It just kind of seems mind-boggling why they would choose you. Like, why would they... You'd think there'd be more people of that type that they wouldn't need to, but that's amazing. I'm glad that they yeah. needed me. And yes, yeah, it, it is. It's it's like, why didn't they... How did they not lose my contact information? How did I not change my cell phone number 16 years later? Like, know. you know... It's one of I those things... I have had the same cell phone number for like 11 years, mm-hmm. so that's totally doable. Did the guy on the phone sound like Morgan Freeman? <laughs> it was a lady, yeah. No. <laughs> Visa card. Yeah. That, um, no, it was, it was this woman uh, that phoned me, and it was just... It was, yeah. Yeah, I guess awesome. there aren't a lot of Afghani-looking actors in uh, Canada. <laughs> uh, in Cal- yeah, definitely not in Calgary either. Um, I mean, Calgary is a, is a smaller market. They get a few features, a couple of features a year, and then they mm. have, two, I think, two series series. So it's a smaller market. So when they are looking for these people, they do have to branch out. You okay. know. I have a question. Sure. So basically, and I, it's kind of off topic now because I thought of it before, but I didn't want to interrupt. If you, you have one of the best in my opinion, characters to play. Like, I feel like it's really fun to play because he's so full of, like, mystique and intrigue and we still don't know out of all the characters what's going on with him. And But if you could have picked... If you could pick any other character that you had to play, if it was not for Sergio, which one would you have an interest or passion to play? On Helix. On Helix. Yeah. Neil's character, hands down. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Easy. He just lies in a gurney. <laughs> yeah. Neil, you lie there and you grunt. Three hours. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, Neil. Um, I have a little story. I don't, I don't know if you mentioned this, but um, Neil's character is so well done. Um, it's 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 really well written. There's a lot of and Neil brought so much heart to the character mm-hmm. that I think yeah maybe I wouldn't have done the same job as Neil would have because I would have missed a lot of stuff that Neil brought to it. I'm sure just, everyone's got a different take, you know. But what I saw from his work was so like it was just it was so layered. And I remember sitting at the camera tests when every other actor just mm-hmm. has to go out with their haircut and their beard trimming or and their wardrobe and stand there and then turn and turn and turn. And they just need to see what your your, your stuff, your wardrobe looks on on continuity. camera for the show. Yeah. Not, not continuity, just for the cam- before they even start the show. Oh. Just, How does it look? Is yeah. he in the right colors? Is he in the right cut of shirt? Is she wearing the right thing? Whatever is her hair color the light right color? All that stuff. Yeah. Wow. I was sitting watching, because I was either after Neil or before Neil, I was sitting watching him do his camera test, and he was in full vector, like, stage two vector, like, the veins Mm -hmm. and the one red eye and just crazy, crazy makeup, and he was vibrating during the camera test. Like, he was so in it during the camera test, and I just went, I looked at it, I looked at the monitor, and I saw it, and I go, yeah, that character's in totally good hands. Yeah. It was, like, and I hadn't even met him yet. It was I didn't all the r- barely talk to him. It was just unbelievable. And that <laughs> character, to me, looked like so much fun. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of work. He had to do a lot of grueling stuff, I'm sure. And four hours a day in the makeup chair is oh, not yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spent two hours doing the wound in my makeup, and I'm like, yeah, I'm so bored. <laughs> you know, but he, he, his character sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's such a fun guy. Like, it's just, in general, like, I would think if anybody had to, you had to pick one of the cast members, like, okay, you have to sit still for, like, four hours, then it would be Neil. <laughs> Because <laughs> he was even, when he came into the studio, he was, like, showing us pictures on his phone. Like, oh, look at the before. And look, I got to peel it off my face afterwards. It was... In front of me at lunch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, talking to me and he's eating. He's eating with one hand and he's yeah. just. <laughs> yeah. and he's getting in there. 
Oh, gross. Oh. And he's just like, and, he, and he's doing this face. He's like. <laughs> he's just like peeling out a vein, like individually. Oh, I'm like, I'm like. Bro, I'm, I'm eating. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope Can't. he just, like, yeah. opened his mouth and then, like, you know, the Hershey's chocolate and <laughs> almond extract just fell out, like, yeah. like all over the yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd love to know what it was like shooting the um, the scenes in Kira's kind of uh, hallucination sequence when you have the family dinner. Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of scenes where everybody's together. Uh, and Kira even went so far as to say that she wanted to pick out the wardrobe of everyone in the room. Um, cause she's like, it's my, it's my dream sequence. I should be, I should be picking it out. Yeah. Um, what was it like having the whole cast there? Was that, that a fun day? That was really cool. That was to do everything all at once. It was almost like a table read. It was like a family get together. It was literally like having Thanksgiving with your family. Cause yeah. I mean, you, we worked together for five months, you know, and, um, and then I got to wear the the dress uh, greens, you know, like the the formal uniform, yeah. which was a lot of which was a lot of fun. And it was just, and my character got to change completely. Like I got to be a bit more Mark. But also a bit silly, and like they had yeah. us doing this crazy laugh, and we had all this thing. And Billy and I had this funny thing going on when when Kira was doing her uh, her freak out while she's cutting the turkey. Every time she goes to cut the turkey, um, in the master, I think Billy forgot to take the um, the napkin off of his plate that was sitting in the middle of the plate, and when they were putting the food, so one take I noticed it and I grabbed it for him. I took the thing, the napkin off the ring, and I <laughs> and I laid it across his lap, and we kind of looked at each other like we were a couple. <laughs> <laughs> and then and so that so then we're like we're like we, we clock that and we just were like okay this is if this is gonna be a weird scene where yeah. all this stuff is going haywire let's have some let's play fun relationships there was even, and then in her close up yeah. I'd be like this and we we go in for a kiss and it was like we were dating at the t- it was yeah. so funny so and, funny and we were like Please trying not me. to mess with her but we were trying to mess with her at the same time we don't want to mess her up right. but we wanted to mess with her you it want was, to bring it, it just yeah. close enough because she had to do so much mm. she had to be in it so harsh yeah. and we were just kind of like how can we make this so weird that she's going to be like because she had to be like what the yeah. <laughs> it's going on here so so we got balls and bananas what do we put <laughs> so she please tell me this so most, did most of that chemistry between you and um and Billy. Billy, did you? Uh, did they actually? Can we go back and rewatch the episode and try to look for some of those moments? I don't think. I don't think the. Um, I don't think any of that stuff made it. Uh, but you really can imagine it. It, it might have been. It might have been a little bit too much, or yeah. not what they wanted, or maybe 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 the camera wasn't even actually like it could have been on a close up that I thought was being. You know, like sometimes you have two cameras going at once. You don't know what they're covering all the times. Mm-hmm. If um, anyone at Sci-Fi is listening in the DVD department, please deleted scenes. <laughs> please. Yeah. How many? How many takes was that? Um, it was a lot. I mean, it was. Was that a signal of? Yeah, so we, we got only a couple minutes left. Yeah. The big hook comes in. Yeah, there was it was a fair amount of takes for that, just because there was all there was a coordination and there was it was the ensemble whole cast speaking and adding things and talking about food and not trying not to laugh when Hero goes. And I'm always the guy going, Y'all have some. Yeah, no, that's what I was about to say. Like, he's so hungry I in that hungry. scene. Mm-hmm. It's like Fruit Ninja. Sweet potato. <laughs> yeah. And I was laughing so hard because we kept doing a continuous take on one of them, and every take we couldn't reset the plates at some point. We weren't resetting the plates anymore with the food. Mm-hmm. And I would just take another sweet potato. And by the end of it, I had a mound of sweet and I looked at it. And she was doing her potatoes? thing. There was a mound of sweet potatoes. Oh, and, and I looked, and she was doing her thing, and I had to go, 
Because <laughs> I tried to do the pass me some sweet, but and he's like, yeah. he's looking at my plate and it's like it's full crazy. already. <laughs> and I was, you know, so that, yeah. that was what was fun. the turkey made out of? Like this real is? quick. No, I know. Yeah, but it was it was it like like styrofoam, and then they just cut something. It looked in like it. a real turkey. No, the, no, the, no. It was not. Yeah. It was real. But the the one that she cut into was sort of like the uh, same, probably the same material as the monkey, uh, the latex monkey. Monkey. Oh, okay. monkey. All right, it's latex. All right, we got to wrap up. So, yeah. Uh, two two more questions. Sure. Uh, first of all, of the episodes that are left in the season, which are you most excited for the fans to see? Oh, three. Um. Episode eleven. Episode eleven. Okay. And and then and the finale. Thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good and news. if you could, uh, if you were writing this show, and you know Sergio hopefully lives on mm-hmm. uh, throughout the series, what's something that you would absolutely love to do on the show, or like a dream character arc for this guy? You know, you've you've gotten pretty attached to the character. Mm-hmm. Well, where would you want him to go Ooh. in a season two and beyond? That's a good question. Um... I want to. I would like to see his his skills develop a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously got something as far as as far as military training, combat training. He's he's obviously a deceitful sob. Yeah. Like I'd like to see maybe some more undercover stuff. Maybe him playing another character. That'd like, be great. Like a layer of him playing something else. Hmm. You know, like a. Yeah. Like that scene in Die Hard where Hans Gruber's pretending to be the American. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But but, <laughs> but not that. But not not, yeah. not that. Yeah. Nicer. Okay, <laughs> great. Well, I, I want to thank you again for joining us. This has been a real pleasure. Um, and I'm so excited to see the rest of the season. Thank yeah. you so much, Thank Mark. you. No, Thanks the pleasure's been all mine. This has been a blast. You guys are great. And <laughs> I love the candy. show. And Thank I, you. I did. I brought candy. <laughs> you brought candy. And then they hogged it. Yeah. They took it. They did. We took it because the, the plastic bag to is crinkling honest, and it's terrible for the audio. I, I, I took all of the Coke bottles. I'm sorry. That's, I know. I, I noticed kind that. of disappointed. This yeah. is the after Ziz party. It's like yeah. the, you know, we got the candy <laughs> right. for the after Ziz. Okay. We'll, we'll have to call you at the end of the season to figure out. What happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Mark just won. Neil didn't bring us candy. Kira didn't Kira bring us candy. Cat didn't, you know, send us candy. Wait, she can't email candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Mark, where can the people at home find you? Do you have a Twitter? That's I do have yeah. a Twitter at Mark Ganime. Uh, it's just my full name, M A R K G H A N I M E, at Twitter. Uh, same with Instagram. Um, and that's sort of it. And I have a, the Mark Ganime official fan page on Facebook. Fantastic. Sweet. Okay, yeah. uh, Liz Rishmaui, where can the people find you? Okay, everybody can find me over on Twitter at Lizzie Maui. That's L-A-Z-Z-Y. Wait, no, I didn't spell it right. <laughs> L-I-Z-Z-Y. It's all the candy. M-A-W-Y. Oh. And you can find me on Instagram at the same name. Okay, Zach Wilson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at that Zach Wilson. And here at AfterBuzz on Grim, Almost Human Finale coming up, uh, Archer, and coming soon, Resurrection. Yes. Uh, and Stephen Lemieux. Uh, you can find me here at AfterBuzz TV tonight doing the Twisted After Show as well as, of course, the Helix After show and on twitter at steven lemieux s-t-p-h-e-n-l-e-m-i-e-u-x and come on guys the hashtags balls and bananas balls and bananas and awkward window hashtag it's up to you (laughs) all right and you can if you want to find me on twitter and well i imagine that you do you could find me at matt lieberman that's m-a-t-t-l-i-e-b-e-r-m-a-n if you want to follow me on instagram which i mean i don't know why you would want to do that one uh, it's Maddie Lieberman, Matt with a Y, Lieberman. Uh, and all over the place here at AfterBuzz TV, Almost Human and Resurrection with uh, Mr. Zach Wilson, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cougar Town, Justified, which we're taping it just a little bit, Sherlock, we're wrapping up uh, this week. More stuff to come, as always. And if you're in L.A. and you love live comedy, you can come see me perform at the I.O. West Comedy Theater, 6366 Hollywood Boulevard, Sunday, March 9th, as a member of DJ Fawcett. The show is at 9 p.m. It's going to be a real blast. 
And uh, I just want to thank awesome. you, Mark, again for joining us. We'll thank be you. back with another brand new episode on Monday. Mm. So excited about that, recapping episode nine. So uh, thank you guys very much. We'll see you next and week. And be sure to go to iTunes and rate and comment. Rate and comment, yes. Five stars. Thank you. Five stars. <laughs> Five stars for Candy and Mark. This was fun. This was. Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.